to Clean Talk here at Hims 2022. I'm standing in for Brad Witchert right now. I'm Pablo Gonzalez. And today, right now, we got Emma Johnson, senior the one account, and only. The one and the only. One and only. He's very excited for this, folks. Absolutely. I'm meant for the camera. <laughs> You're, you will have, Pablo, a, you have a face for Absolutely. camera. You have a face for camera. Thank God, not for the radio. <laughs> Derive Technologies, senior account executive. Correct. What brings you to Hims? What uh, what are, what are you seeking to do here this week at Hims? Okay, well, Derive Technologies is a full service IT integrated by trade, but we also have a very robust healthcare practice, uh, point of care primarily. So we were fortunate enough to work with some of the bigger health systems in the entire New York City, New Jersey area. Drop in names, shameless name drop, yeah. right? Columbia Presbyterian, Sinai, Westchester, New York City Health and Hospitals, Robert Wood Johnson, and the list goes on, right? Okay. And uh, the reason why I'm here is a lot of our customers are down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going through epic rollouts, uh, a lot of innovation. We, we haven't been able to come to the show for the last couple of years, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's good to get together uh, after two years, right? Get to shake hands again, right? Get, get to get reacquainted, uh, understand the technology, but more so the value that it brings back to our customers. Yeah, so, I, uh, I see this as like a watering hole of an ecosystem. Right. Yeah, the, I guess. Yeah. The sure. healthcare ecosystem kind of descends on the watering hole opportunity to kind of like see what other people are doing, connect with folks, get educated, make, you know. And, yeah. And, and I and I think this year the show's a little bit different. Right. A lot of health systems, uh, they have their standards. Right. They're, they're a Cisco house or an HP house. They're, you know, a Lenovo house, whatever the case may be, Seal Shield house. Right. But because of supply chain constraints and projects that need to start and need to complete, right? So it's opening up opportunities for other manufacturers to kind of get their nose into the tent and the opportunity, you know, if XYZ monitor is not available, maybe consider ABC. Mm -hmm. So it's opening up a lot of opportunity for salespeople as well as other manufacturers, kind of the ones off the beaten path that have a better, uh, I guess, supply chain or pandemic readiness and business continuity plan within their risk management modules. Got it. The... Supply chain issues as a source for opportunistic, agile companies that can get in the door is probably an underreported story. It's funny, Pablo, because I owned a company for 20 years, right? And part of uh, the, I work with a lot of banks. So there's a lot of compliance of which was risk management, of which pandemic readiness was on there. And this is going back over 20 years ago. I actually Googled pandemic readiness. I didn't know what it was, right? So what did we all do? You copy and paste from somebody else's, mm-hmm. you put it into your into your manual and your risk management, hope to God that you never use it, right? And that's yeah, the only thing yeah. I thought of when the pandemic hit. Oh my God, everybody's grabbing their uh, pandemic readiness and some companies took it seriously and having certain amount of parts, you know, like 10 months worth of parts, a year's worth of parts. Yeah. They weathered the storm. Mm. But everybody else that was purely outsourced, they had some issues. Yeah. So. Yeah. And parts, I would probably assume that financial statement, right? Like I, I, I saw companies that weren't ready for, they weren't ready for the storm financially, right? Like best practices have six months of operating cash flow, a year of operating cash flow. Correct. A lot of people don't play that game. And once these major shifts happen, you go back to this idea of, why you need to be prepared in order to be able absolutely. to your- Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then from the pandemic, right, yeah. uh, as it pertains to Seal Shield, yeah. right? If yeah. I can just share a story. <laughs> you may. Uh, we actually, uh, I, I just started out with Derived Technologies. Uh, Ro- I approached Robert Wood Johnson, Barnabas Health, with 
because in addition to being in IT and clinical engineering, uh, we also have very robust uh, infection control practice okay. as well. So we realized a potential opportunity and we presented the electric light okay. purely for mobility devices, like okay. I was uh, sharing with you earlier today, because uh, you know, you got shared devices, cross contamination. You, you know the line, right? Seal yeah. shield, right? You live it every day. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. You, you know uh, all the dangers, all, all, all the uh, the bad things can happen, right? 100%. So, um, so the devices were placed there before Epic because they were going full mobility mm -hmm. to disinfect mobility devices, sure. right? Sure. Then we found out through Seal Shield, right? that not only do they disinfect mobility devices, but they can also recycle and disinfect N95, KN95 masks, which at the time were in short supply. So every clinician was recycling soiled, right? Soiled masks, right? So we very quickly communicated that information after you guys had the press release, uh, sent it down to the hospitals that we were working with, right? And I was actually down there getting a COVID test in that hospital's emergency room. And one of the clinicians told me, you're the guy with those blue boxes, those elect, yeah. They thought it was like a wine uh, refrigerator yeah, at yeah, first, right? Yeah. UVC disinfection cabinet. <laughs> and they're like, you saved our lives. And you can't even imagine I mean, you know, listen, there's a lot of fulfilling things that we do in life, uh, but to, you know, have something like that and somebody, you know, appreciate that back in return makes you feel real good. So, and as a result of placing those electric waves, New Jersey Hospital Association actually recognized them as bringing in the fourth most important piece of technology into New Jersey hospitals in 2020. How does that affect your relationship with your client? When you get to when you get it's, to go through it's instant like credibility, right? Because you know that type of technology, you can't really feel, you can't touch it. You just have to, you know, you have efficacy reports and you know independent studies and stuff. And they think it's for you know putting my keys in there, putting my stethoscope in there. I, I don't want to get the flu, but to take it to a different level. When at that time, let's face it, we're all defenseless against COVID. Nobody knew what to do. There were no treatments. There were no. Um, uh, therapeutics at that time. There was no vaccinations at that time. Uh, people were hermits. And think about what clinicians had to do, right? Unlike 9-11, where you ran into the burning building not knowing what was going to happen, yeah. they ran into the burning building every single day during COVID. They knew it was on the other side, and uh, they did it anyway. And we're just glad, you know, with our partnership with uh, Seal Shield, they were able to make an impact and a difference, at least yeah. one of the hospitals in New Jersey yeah, during the huge, pandemic. So, yeah. Huge. When you were, I just want to dive into kind of like the emotions and, and, and around, around this kind of deal, right? And how this can transform your role from person that's coming in here selling stuff to trusted advisor. Yeah. Well, it, it's, listen, let's face it, every reseller, all of my competitors, have access to your technology. Yeah. It's those organizations that have that focus in healthcare that are on the clinical floors, that are with the IT directors, that are with the uh, uh, biomed people, understanding the importance and their concerns with their infection control people yeah. about cross-contamination. Yeah. And at the time, it was hospital-acquired infections. Remember HAIs? Yeah, you don't course. hear about those anymore, do you? No, right? you yeah, you hear about COVID, right? <laughs> but but hospital-acquired infections are on the rise. It was huge. And, and that's the thing where, you know, finance knew what HAIs were, right? Mm -hmm. But IT, maybe not so much. So yeah. it was more 
of educating them, right, that the, this technology uh, is available, the benefit of this technology, the value of this technology, right? And like you say, it, we went from the guys trying to, you know, park, poke, poke their nose into the tent to drive, you know, grab a scrap to, like you say, instantaneously having credibility, trusted advisor. These guys are in tune to what's going on out there in healthcare, and they had the product to match what our biggest concerns were, and that was infecting uh, cross contamination uh, of, of the clinical people within the hospital during the COVID outbreak. And this was at the early stages. So. so you're looking at, at first, you were looking at this idea that all these mobile devices are these new vectors for cross contamination, and you're solving for the mobile devices. But then when you expand the tent, you realize what you're really just solving is people to people infecting each other. And you can use a solution that's well designed to be adaptable to go from disinfecting electronic devices to something that all of a sudden became very, very scarce. Right. And this allows you some agility in being able to reuse things. Right. And we brought value to the table by providing them with technology that would lower the instance of the HAI because every hospital is fine. Right. So uh, from a financial perspective, it helped them out as yeah. far as uh, lowering their, uh, I guess, liabilities. But then the bonus on top of that was, oh, in addition to that, yeah. We also have another value proposition whereby it can yeah. disinfect um, uh, N95 masks during the COVID pandemic. So. It's, it's funny, man. I recently had somebody on my podcast that did this big research study of like why just firms in general are growing and others are not, right? Like the four levers of like success. Mm -hmm. And in one of them, one of the big levers, I mean, the levers were tech, people, marketing, and strategy, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And and one of the big things that he said that he told me in a different way that I never thought about that reminds me of the story. As a marketer, I know that niching down, specializing is like the way to really like find your clients. But he mm -hmm. talked about this idea that in this world that we live in that has such a rapid rate of change, being a super special about this one niche thing, you stand in the way of that niche thing becoming the problem du jour. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, and so, so by doing that, you are actually exposing yourself to like the moment it's, it's your turn for that problem to be the thing that needs to be solved. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. You have this like moat um, because you build it. But it sounds like for you, the reason why you were able, able to get this device in before it was the problem du jour. Right. right? When it right. was just was spending time with the people that you serve and understanding their problems and understanding the education gap. That's the most important process, right? Part of the process, the sales process, to me anyway. Yeah. Obviously, salespeople do a lot of talking, right? But asking questions and understanding at, at a very granular level what the initiative is, what the company's trying to or the healthcare system's trying to accomplish, what are those business drivers behind those decisions, right? Spending the time and understanding that enables you to align the proper solution, right? We're not about you know, uh, pushing SKUs and, you know, selling widgets and stuff, although we do that at times for certain customers. But really what separates us from the herd, so to speak, right, is our specialization in healthcare and our understanding of what the customer is trying to accomplish. So we knew they were trying to accomplish lowering their liability with respect to HAI because of cross-contamination. We provided them with the solution to solve that problem. And like you say, it just had a, a spoke coming off the wheel, so yeah. to speak, yeah. right? Yeah. And it went right to COVID. So yeah. it was a, a tremendous dual purpose. And uh, yeah, it enabled us to 
uh, not only sell more electric claims within the health system. Yeah. And the uh, the COO of that hospital said that eventually he wants to uh, be able to spit in his hospital anywhere and hit an electric claim. So yeah, <laughs> so that, that's hopefully with and, the door open of the electric claim. And, and and it's open doors for other opportunities. That's well, right. not so much in infection control, but clinical engineering as well as our our core services of IT integration. I'd love to hear yeah, it, man. yeah. It sounds to me that the key to being really great at your job, at your role, is your ability to take the pain that the CFO sees, explain it to the CTO or the IT person on what, how you achieve that, and then by achieving that, getting the COO to feel the benefits of that win. That part of it is easy for me, believe it or not, right? Okay. So prior to coming on board with Derive Technologies and doing a stint as the um, uh, healthcare uh, director of healthcare uh-huh. for Stuart Xerox in New Jersey, uh, I was a business owner for 20 years, okay? So uh, it's a different focus, okay, where the customer uh, is not seen as a piggy bank, right? A lot yeah. of salespeople, hit and run salespeople, they want to, you know, give you their elevator pitch, sell you something and move on, yeah, right? Yeah. So I treated my customers like gold. Mm-hmm. Anybody that was willing to send me a check for something I did, I treated like gold. And I understood as an executive in my own company, mm-hmm. the downstream effect of decision-making, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that I needed to understand the technical granular side of it. Yeah. My conversations are in the C-suite with the CIOs, the CFOs, uh, communicating business issues mm-hmm. and the value and the benefit from mm-hmm. a business perspective, because really they don't care about the speeds and feeds as much, right? They want to understand that by utilizing this, it's going to increase my productivity, you know, better workflow, you know, happier employees, better doctors, better surveys, better doctors coming in. And those are the things that I focus on and allow my subject matter experts to fill in the blanks as far as all the the gory details with the uh, the granular IT discussions, but really it's 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 high level concepts, right? And yeah. understanding the reasons as to why they're looking to accomplish these. And I really think that that's the difference. Where a lot of salespeople, like I say, focus on the sale. I focus on the customer. Focus on the business outcome that they're trying to achieve and why, and then let the subject matter experts fill in the facts. Exactly. Time, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the boring facts, right? Yeah. The nitty gritty yeah. and the granular facts where CIOs don't and the COOs, they don't want to hear that stuff. Yeah. Although eventually they might, right? Yeah. right? But initially they don't. They want to know how this is going to improve my business. And that's what I focus on. That's what I did. For, and my business was, uh, name of the company was Proxy Express. So we mm-hmm. work with all C-level executives mm-hmm. at Fortune 500, Fortune 100. We transported all their annual reports and proxy statements before we went digital. And yeah. I had nothing to uh, transport anymore and wound up at the Xerox. So. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Anything else on it, man? Everything, anything I haven't asked you? No, I just think that um, anybody listening to this, uh, Seal Shield is a tremendous organization. Great partner. Uh, we appreciate everything that you guys have done. Very responsive. Uh, our customers want to kick the tires. They want to check things out. You guys are great with getting us evaluation kits. Uh, your products kind of sell themselves. Uh, and uh, you guys are great. And uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. It's awfully nice, man. I appreciate that. All right. All right.
Are you active on LinkedIn? How do people reach out to you? If, if somebody just heard this and they're like, man, this is Emma guy, I want more. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm under Robert Emma Johnson at LinkedIn. I don't have the URL memorized, right, but uh, they can find me on Facebook. You know, I swim a little bit in, in social media, okay. but they can find me at Derive Technology as well. Uh, my email address is ejohnson at derivetech.com. All right, Emmett, I really appreciate this. This is awesome. Right on. This is Pablo Gonzalez standing in for Brad Witcher, reminding you <laughs> to keep it clean. <laughs>